You are listening to the In Kinship Podcast, and this particular episode is about honoring the year that we've just been through and celebrating and visualizing, dreaming about the year that's coming. And so to support that, I've created a free workbook for you to download. Jump on the show notes for this episode, go to kinshiphandwork.com and click on podcast, and there you'll see a link to this episode where you can get the free PDF. I'm going to share on this podcast what my process looks like and why I do it and the value that I get from taking a bit of time to create a sacred New Year ceremony. That's kind of what I think of it as, right? And it feels really honoring to myself. And I want you to have that experience too. So on the workbook, listen to this podcast, and then join us next week for a live gathering to talk more about a vibrant life. That's what the workbook is called, A Vibrant Life, because that's what I'm striving for in this world. And I hope that's what you're striving for as well, whatever that looks like for you. And so join us for that live. It's going to be so much fun. So if you're listening to this as it's coming out, that live call is on January 24th. If you're listening to this in March or April or two years from now, whatever that might be, your new year can begin anytime you want it to be, right? You get to make up the rules. That is exactly what we're talking about here on this podcast. Your life on your terms. So do it whenever you get a chance. Jump on the website and grab that workbook. Join us for that call. Even if you haven't done the workbook yet, join us just to get inspired for the workbook and to talk about your making journey and whatever there might be we want to talk about. All right, let's get started. Hey there, you're listening to the In Kinship Podcast, a podcast for makers who crave an intentional, authentic, vibrant life on their own terms. And I'm your host, Tina Vandenberg. This episode is brought to you by the Tip of the Mitt Fiber Fair. The Tip of the Mitt Fiber Fair is held the first weekend in June in beautiful Petoskey, Michigan. The Fiber Fair celebrates the area's local farmers and artisans. You can find out more about the fair at tipofthemittfiberfair.com. And now on to our episode. I love new beginnings. I love freshly sharpened pencils and the possibilities that are held on their sharp little points. I love fresh pieces of paper that are blank and clear and ready for who knows what magic to flow out of that pencil. I love brand new years. I love birthdays. I love the morning of every day. Like I love fresh starts. They feel like There's so much possibility and so much potential, right? In fact, there's a certain energy that I get a little swirling in my belly, if you will. Something I've always called the possibility vortex. I feel like there are all these possibilities swirling around me and I have but to pick one and start to work on it. And that who knows where it's going to lead and who knows what beauty might come of it. And it makes me so excited every time. Yeah, you could pick something that would be, you know, sort of torturous, and that certainly has happened in my life, or the universe or God put something torturous in my path, whatever that might be. Um, But as a whole, it's all really beautiful, and I'm so excited for it to begin, and I'm excited for the possibilities that are there. So you may think that I'm a huge New Year's Eve resolution maker because of that. And I used to be for years and years and years, right? I used to make a New Year's resolution and then I would um, make 75 New Year's resolutions and then I would be so disappointed in myself for not doing these 75 things I said I was going to do in that year and have all this anxiety around how I had failed and how I wasn't good enough and all of that. I don't do resolutions anymore and I haven't for a long time. 
I have done a few different iterations though around the new year because I love New Year's and I like taking that time to pause and think about the year that I've just gone through. I think there's a lot of value in looking back and exploring how you felt and what you learned and taking the time to make note of that because I think that otherwise life can just barrel on by and sometimes we don't take the time to realize what we've already experienced and we Don't take the time to give credence to what we've already done or we've already learned or the joy that we had. Sometimes we just think life is just hard and we look back, we're like, well, wait a minute. There was this beautiful moment and there was that beautiful moment and there was this beautiful moment. And really that hard time that I went through, it taught me this, this, and this. And those things are really beautiful. And I think there's a beauty to reflecting on what we've been through as a way to sort of leap into where we're going. Now, I want to talk about that because that does not mean that I think that we ought to be stuck in the past or not be able to move past the energy of the past, right? Because I think that that can be a dangerous thing. But I think there's something different about spending the time in the new year to say, hey, thanks last year. You really, uh, you know, you really showed up this way. I wish you hadn't done this, but I learned this and this and that's all right. And thanks for the good time. And, you know, sayonara. So, I think there's a bit of closure that comes from that and that helps to not be in that stuck energy and the energy of not being able to move forward or being stuck in those past feelings rather than growing and evolving out of them. So now my New Year's ritual, if you will, and I very much think of it as a ceremony or a ritual, involves reflecting on the year before, saying thank you to it, writing out my lessons that I have learned. I also go through the calendar and I jot down all the things I did. And sometimes I look at that list and I'm like, wow, I did some great things. Or yeah, that was a hard season. No wonder that felt like that, right? It gives me that clarity. And then I say goodbye to it and I close it up and I don't let it unduly influence the year that I have coming. And then I take some time with the year that's coming and I imagine what I want to have happen. I think about how I want to feel in a year what my life might look like. I do a little visualization and we're going to do that here in the podcast here in a little bit. I have created a workbook to go along with this podcast. So you definitely want to head to the website, open up the show notes for the show and grab that download. It's a free download. It's longer than I anticipated it being. I'm sorry for that, but I couldn't stop myself. It was so exciting and so fun and so inspirational to do. And I left a lot of room in it too for you to actually write your answers out. You might want to just download it and open it up as a PDF and use your own journal, which is what I like to do. Or you might want to print it out and write right in there and then have one for every year. And like, how fun would that be to see your progress? There's something about seeing your progress that is really empowering, I think, to be like, wow, look at where I've come and where I used to be. Or, huh, I am still stuck on that same old thing. Maybe I need to give it a little more of my focus. There's a beauty to that. Okay, so then I take a look at the year to come. I do a visualization exercise, which we're going to do here on the podcast in a bit. And I do a letter to myself from my future self. That might sound crazy. It has been so magically powerful. And I can't explain how it works. I can't explain what's going on other than I think that we are tapping into a deeper wisdom that our insecurities and our fears kind of cover up inside of ourselves. So we'll do a little letter to ourselves from our future self. And we'll also look at what do you want your, what do you want to spend money on in the new year? What do you want your finances to look like? And brainstorm some ideas on how to get to that point. What's your ideal schedule for the day? What would be an amazing start to your day? Like, you know, that if you've been following me for any bit of time, you know that I'm a big fan of a morning routine. 
I actually find myself right now in January of 2023 having a difficult time reinstating my morning routine, and I think it's time it needs a revamp, and that's probably what's going on. So I'm going to focus on that for January. So we're going to talk about morning routines or sacred starts, as I've heard it said, and I just love that say- that saying, because I think that how we spend our minutes is how we spend our life, right? And the more that we can bring in these small little things that bring us joy, and they don't take a ton, but they take a little commitment and they take a little agreement with ourselves to put ourselves first in some small ways. We're not talking like gigantic ways. We're not talking like moving across the country or something, although that could be what you want to do in the year. We're talking about small things that are going to help shift our lives. I recently read a book called The Way of Integrity by Martha Beck, which was amazing, by the way. I highly recommend it. And in that book, she talks about making one degree turns. And she talks about how a jet up in the sky doesn't turn 180 degrees to like, shift where it's going to. It makes tiny little changes in the steering to get to a location that's thousands of miles different than what it was originally going to, right? So like the idea being, I'm kind of butchering this, but the idea being that we can get where we want to go by making small little changes and over time we'll end up in a totally different place, which is really exciting to think about. So I think about things like that for the new year. I think about what is the one thing that I could do in my life that would make everything else easier? Walking every day for me is one of those things, right? If I walked every single day, everything in my life would be easier. I'd have more peace. I'd have more joy. My body would be stronger. I'd have better health. I would have a meditative time to myself, right? Like that one thing would make a gigantic change in my life. We're going to talk about what you're most excited about. And what might be an obstacle to achieving those things that you're super excited about? And how to come up with a little bit of a plan to offset that before it even begins. I like to talk about what I plan to make in the new year. And I'll tell you, this can be a slippery slope, right? So making plans and dreaming of the new year can be super exciting and it adds a lot of value to my life. And I want to share that with you. But sometimes if we're too specific about how we're going to get there, if we're too specific about what it's all going to look like, or too specific about I want to do 75 things in the new year, right? If we put too much on that list, it can change from being this beautiful, enlightening, supportive thing to one more to-do list that you have to now not be able to get done. So I'm going to caution you not to do that. When you're working through this workbook, take the time to let it feel expansive. If it starts to feel constricting, if it starts to feel like your body's tightening up or closing down, stop what you're doing, erase the things that you wrote that felt constricting, and only put in it things that make you feel expansive. So like, does your body feel like it's getting larger and more light-filled, or does it feel like you're closing in and your shoulders are rolling in and you're tightening up and you're like, oh my God, I can't do all these things. That's not where we want to go. We want this to be expansive. In fact, I want everything in my life to be expansive. I don't know that I can make that happen, but I'm going to try. I don't know that I can say that I'll never do anything that will feel constricting again, but I'm going to try. I'm going to let you know how it goes here on the podcast. But I want to come from that place of expansion. If I am going to go do plans with a friend, I want that to feel expansive. I don't want it to feel constricting like, oh, I wish I wasn't doing this, right? Because that right there is your clue that you are not living in your integrity. That is your clue that you are not doing what it is that you truly want to do in the world. And yep, I get I get the response of like, we don't get to do everything we want to do. My goodness, we have to go to family things. We have to do the work that we don't want to do. We got to clean the toilet. We have to do all of these things. And yet, some of that's true. But I would ask you to question yourself and say, is it really true? Do I really have to do this family thing that I don't really want to do? Do I really have to do this work that I don't 
really want to do? Is there a possibility for me to make little one degree changes so that someday I'm doing the work that I really love to do? We have more ability to change that than I think we give ourselves credit for. And so part of this sitting down and looking at the new year is thinking about that. Like, what can you control in your life in the next year to bring more joy into your life? And I'm not talking like, all right, I'm going to run 75 miles every week, which probably isn't that great of a goal, but like sounds insurmountable to me. (laughs) Um, Well, maybe that is your goal and it feels expansive, but if it feels expansive, then perfect. If it doesn't feel expansive and it feels like, I don't even really want to do that. I just put it on there because I feel like I should, or that's what I think I should do, or it's what I did five years ago, or it's what I did when I was a kid or, you know, whatever judgment we have around that. If it's not expansive, don't put it on there. And then there's this other thought that came to my mind too, as I'm sitting here talking to you. I read a book, another book. I love books, by the way. You might not know this about me, but in my twenties, I had a bookstore for four years. I did. It was an amazing experience, simply amazing. And it was the first time that I really No, it's not true. But it was like the second time that I really embraced my intuition, right? I drove past this little building in my hometown. I was working as a carpenter at the time. I was working with my family and I was building houses. Like I was a laborer. I was up on the scaffolding and I was building walls and I was putting in windows and like all that stuff. And I drove past this little building and I thought that little building would be such a great little bookstore with a little tea shop. And I drove right past it. And I drove maybe a half mile down the road and I promptly turned around, went back, wrote down the number on the for rent sign and called. And before I knew it, I was renting that little building and I was making a bookstore with a little tea shop inside of it. I had no idea that's what I was doing. I wasn't dreaming of it for years and years and years. I always knew I wanted to be a business owner. I always knew I wanted to follow my own path in life. I had no idea that I was going to do this bookstore and I just followed my gut reaction to it and... A few months later, I had opened a bookstore. I'd gotten a loan. I got a grant as well. I built all the bookshelves myself with the help of family and friends. And I opened this store. And it was the most beautiful thing. And I wrote this 21-page business plan because I'm nerdy that way. But this plan was loaded with like, I want this place to be a, a place for people to hang their hat, to feel comfortable coming and spending time. I want to have game nights and book clubs and bring in authors to do readings and all of that. And all of that happened. And it was such a beautiful experience. Anyway, I digress. I don't even know what we're talking about. Somehow I got off onto this tangent of the bookstore in my 20s. Books. I love books. That's what I was getting on. So I recently, in the last couple of years, read a book by James Clear called Atomic Habits. And in that book, I think it was there. I've certainly heard it other places too. But in that book, he talks about how if you want to become a runner and you are not a runner, it's hard to get from here to there. Like you can find an app from couch to 5K in 60 days or whatever those are called, right? You can you can break it down into how to get there. But one of the things he talks about is your mindset and thinking to yourself, all right, I want to be a runner and I'm not a runner. So how do I become a runner? What would a runner do? Well, a runner would put their running shoes out by the door every day. A runner would schedule time to run in the morning. They'd get up at a certain time so they could run. A runner would eat this kind of food to fuel their body so they could run stronger and faster, right? So it's the idea of if you want to become something, if you want to do something, start behaving like a person who does that thing. I love that idea. So if I want to be a dance instructor, which I just might, I need to start behaving like a dance instructor would do. Maybe I need to start making myself some great dance clothes. 
So when I'm that dance instructor, when I'm teaching that Koya, which someday I just might, I have the clothes already. I need to start my own practice because a dance instructor is probably going to have a practice that they do regularly, right? So like, who do I have to become in order to do those things? So that's part of what I think about too. Like if I have an overarching goal that I want to achieve in the new year, and usually for me, I focus on how I want to feel, right? Not necessarily what I want to do, but how I want to feel. And I think about, well, who do I have to become to feel that way? And it kind of ties into that one degree turn, right? So like, if I want to become a happier human, what are the one degree turns I can make in my life right now to become that person? Who's a happier person? So I like to think about things like that. And I like to think about what I'm going to let go of in that new year that I've been hanging on to in the old year. I also like to do an oracle card drawing. And this might be kind of controversial for some of you out there. And I want to say I don't generally do tarot, although I like tarot. Generally, I'm drawn to oracle cards. And I like oracle cards for a very simple reason. Because kind of like that letter that you write from your future self to your current self, I think oracle cards give you the ability to tap into wisdom that's already inherently inside of you. And maybe it's universal wisdom, right? Maybe it's like, the connection from the whole universe that's coming. Maybe it's God. I don't know. I don't know what it is exactly. But I think that it's probably something that inherently we already believe and we already know, but that we're not showing ourselves because we are complex creatures. We have so many layers and we have so many ways of hiding from ourselves. We have so many ways of being like, well, we're really not enough. So we're not even going to look at this part of this thing or that thing. And so I think that oracle cards have the ability to sort of cut through some of those blocks that we have and allow our inner wisdom to come out. And I love that. I love that. And there's been so many times that when I do an Oracle reading for myself, I'm like delighted at the synchronicity that just shows up. And is that the magic of the universe? Is that God? Is that something bigger than myself? I like to think so. And you may be sitting there if you're a skeptic and saying, yeah, we see what we want to see in life. And so that's what you're saying. And I'm like, maybe, maybe that is what I'm saying. And that's okay too, because it means that I didn't really believe what I wanted or I didn't really know what I wanted until I saw something that gave me proof of what I wanted, right? So like, that's all right as well. If that's what it is, cool. So I do an Oracle reading or an Oracle card draw for the new year. I highly recommend it. I think it's great for grounding myself, like I said, and tapping into my inner wisdom, tapping into the universe, tapping into God. I just know that it brings me joy. And now a quick word from our sponsor. The Tip of the Mint Fiber Fair is an annual event that's been going since 2014. It takes place this year at the Emmett County Fairgrounds on June 3rd and 4th, 2023. The fair features fiber animals, workshops, demos, and of course, fantastic vendors. And I have to tell you, it's a lot of fun. This is a fair that I always go to, not just for the great classes, sometimes I teach classes there, but also for the beautiful fibers that I can get, Um, I once picked up this most beautiful alpaca fiber that was milled locally and made a sweater out of it. It's the most amazing thing to know exactly where all of your fibers are coming from. So I knew that the alpaca were raised locally, the alpaca was then processed into yarn locally, and then I knitted it into a sweater. Consequently, that sweater was not my favorite thing in the world. I ended up donating it. So hopefully somebody else has really found joy and love for it because, you know, it was no longer bringing me joy. I digress. And I don't know if they'll be there this year, but I have to tell you, there's this French restaurant that comes and makes crepes, both savory and sweet. And one of my favorites is a buckwheat crepe with spinach and feta cheese and caramelized onions. And then I like to finish it off with a buckwheat Nutella 
crepe as well. They're so delicious. I didn't mean to um, hijack this Fiber Fair sponsorship talking about the food, but it is a nice little um, icing to the cake, if you will. When you go and you look at all the animals and you look at all of the wares and you buy so much yarn and all the beautiful handmade things, it's kind of nice to have that little treat at the end. Anyway, it's a lovely fair and I hope that you come. You can check them out at tipofthemittfiberfair.com. And now back to our show. And one of the things that I do then at the end is I create a word for myself for the year. And if this is the only thing you do, I think it's really valuable. And it's something that I did for years. But when I didn't have time or energy or space, especially when I had a little one at home, to do much more than this, I would just have a word for the year. And sometimes it would take me days to come up with my word. Sometimes I would let it ruminate, just know that I wanted a word. And then when you are thinking about something in the back of your mind, you don't have to be consciously thinking about it all the time. All of a sudden, you see words all over the place. It's kind of like Charlotte's Web, right? It's not at all like Charlotte's Web, but I do like this comparison. How the rat, we just watched this with my son. How the rat is out there searching for words for Charlotte to write in the web for Wilbur. Yeah, it's kind of like that. When you're out there looking for words, they start showing up. And before you know it, you're like, this is my word. And you'll just know. Now, just know this is your word. Don't overthink it. Don't stress about it. If you don't know your word until February or March, fine. No big deal. Just allow life to come to you because it will, especially if you're open. If you're open and curious, the things you are wondering about, the things you want to know about, the answers will come. I believe that because it's happened to me too many times to not be true. And generally, if it doesn't happen to me, it's because I'm trying too hard. And I know it's really difficult to like step back and be like, yeah, how do you stop trying so hard? Like, what does that look like? And I think it looks like expansion. If what you're doing feels like constricting or like it's pulling your body in and down and making it small and tight, think of ways that it can feel more expansive. Let go of whatever it is you're holding on to. Let go of the idea that you have to figure this out right now. You're not good enough to figure it out. You're not special enough to figure it out. It's not going to happen for you because you're not special. All that is just bull. And all of that is just insecurity and fear holding you back. I doesn't have the right to do that. It's there and it's important and it helps keep us safe. But sometimes it goes too far. So find ways that you can expand. And one of the ways that I do that, that I've learned recently from Kate Northrup, who is the woman behind the Do Less book, which is an amazing book. Another book for you. I'll put these all in the show notes, don't worry. One of the things I learned from her, and this is about healing your nervous system, which is, I think, also a way to expand and feel expansive, is to breathe into your back ribs, the lower back ribs. And that sounds kind of funny, but if you just do it, it's one of the most powerful ways I have found to like bring relaxation and expansion into my mindset. So I take a deep breath and I imagine that breath expanding my lower rib cage in my back. And it's such a good visual for me. And then I release it and I do like three or four of those. And I always feel more relaxed that we can shift out of what we're doing right now and get it out of our body and allow our body to be more expansive. And I think that the more you let things go, which was such a hard thing for me to learn, it's something I learn all the time, consistently over and over again. But the more we can let things go, and just trust, the more expansive our lives are going to feel. So I came up with a word for the year, all of that to say, and that word for the year becomes something that is just in the back of my mind. I don't revisit it all the time. I don't throw it in front of myself all the time. I just have it there. And every once in a while, I might stumble upon it and see it and be like, oh yeah, that's my word. And I'm like amazed at all the ways that it's kind of showing up in my life. Or maybe when I meditate once a week or something, I might look at it and think about it and think about 
how can I bring more of that into my life? Speaking of bringing more into your life, one of the other things that I do for the new year is I make a list of my boulders. I don't know if you know this story, but I, I don't know where it came from, so I can't quote that. But it's the idea that we have all of these things in our lives, right? Boulders are things that like fill us up and make us happy. Things like reading a book or taking a walk with a friend or having coffee with a friend or going swimming or sitting in the sun, you know, all of these things that bring you joy. And then we have rocks. And the rocks are things like family time and watching a movie with your children and watching your kids play baseball, you know, whatever. Things that are important to you, but that aren't really one of your boulders, your individual boulders, but like are important to you. And then you have things like pebbles and sand. And the pebbles and sand are like all the responsibilities you have to do in life. So pebbles might be the laundry and cleaning the house and making dinner. And sand might be doing things for other people that they've asked you to do or things you feel obligated to do, like serve on a board or go to a family function that you really don't want to. Things that you feel like you have to do in life that maybe don't really excite you and don't bring you joy, and but just part of the drudgery of life, if you will. So the idea is if you take your jar and you fill it up with the sand first, all the things you're obligated to do that are, do not bring you joy. And then you put in your pebbles and then you put in your rocks. There's no room for those boulders. There's no room at all. And they're never going to fit. Whereas then if you start with the boulders and you put those in that jar first, then you throw in some rocks and you throw in some pebbles and you throw in some sand. There's room for all of it. Maybe not every single thing because, you know, life is finite. We don't have all the time in the world, but you've created a life that means that you have all the things that are really important to you in your life. And you're also doing the things that you find to be important because you think that you should do them or, you know, you need to eat, <laughs> things like that. Although eating can be bolder, very much so. This depends on how you feel about all this. But I love that idea. And so I make a list of my boulders and it's not huge, right? Like don't go crazy on this stuff, like, cause you're never going to be able to achieve that. But I go in and I know the things that bring me joy. If I can walk with a friend once a week, that enhances my life a hundredfold. If I can read or make something every day, even if it's for 10 minutes, that brings a lot of joy to my life. If I start my morning with a meditation and some dance, maybe a little journaling, a little prayer, my day goes so much more smoothly. It's much more beautiful. It's one of my boulders. If I have a solo time at a restaurant, I do like going out to restaurants by myself for lunch. It's kind of funny. It makes me feel very fancy. I don't know why. It just does. So I'm like, oh, I'm taking myself out to lunch, right? So maybe that's something that I do once a month. Like that's enough of it for me, but I know like I want a little bit of that in my life, a little bit of that zest. So make a list of your boulders. Boulders can be something bigger too. They can be like a camping trip to the Grand Canyon. You know, they could be something like, maybe it's not a boulder per se, but like adventure is one of your boulders. And so like choose a couple of adventures that you want to have this year or how many times you want to see your family or whatever. And part of that workbook page is going to have a calendar on it. And I want you to put those in the calendar right when you're doing the workbook. I want you to put in as much as you can anyway. I mean, obviously we can't always do this 100%, but part of this is writing those right into your calendar right now. Think of how great that would feel to say like, all right, I really want these things in my life and I've already put them in the calendar. Like, woo, I'm already 90% of the way there. Because if you don't put them in there, if you don't put those boulders in your jar, in your calendar, there's not going to be any room for them at all. And then I have a summary page at the very end, and I want you to write your word for the year, and I want you to write your boulders down, and I want you to write on that summary page the one thing you can do to make your life better right now. And that doesn't mean your life is bad, not by any means, but life can always get 
more alignment, more in balance with what you want, right? And then I want you to also write down the things that you want to do daily, right? And that might be the same as the boulders, might be different, but there's a summary page for that. And I want you to take that summary page and put it somewhere that you see occasionally. You don't just see it all the time. I actually would probably prefer if you just saw it, like maybe it's on the inside of your closet door when you open the door, like, there's my stuff. And you take a little look at it. Or maybe you tuck it into a notebook that you're going to look at in a month. Put it somewhere where you're going to kind of surprise yourself. I think that would be more fun than having it be in your face all the time, because I think that we just kind of forget that those are there, those things that we see all the time. And I like to think about my making as well. I'm a garment maker, so I nerd right out on this. I will probably do a mood board on Pinterest for how I want to feel in the clothing that I'm wearing, because if you've followed me for any bit of time, you know that I think that clothing has a really powerful way of supporting who you are on the inside or dragging down who you are on the inside. And I think that when you clothe yourself in a way that makes you feel amazing, that it helps support you feeling amazing. And so I might do a mood board on how I want to feel. And it might only have 10 or 12 images or might have 120. And then I often go through my closet and I purge out all the things that are no longer making me happy. I purge out all the things that no longer fit. I purge out all the things that need repairs. I set those aside. I just go through it and I figure out like, does this all still fit who I am right now? And some of it might get stored away and some of it might get donated and some of it might be given to a friend. Some of it might get remade into something else. And I make a list of all the clothes I have because, you know, it makes me happy. And then once I have that list, I look for holes and I think, all right, you know, I have this uniform, which I do. I know myself really well at this point in my life. I know what I like to wear. I know the fun things I might want to bring in because I try not to be stuck in just exactly who I am. But I have a I have a style. I have a way of dressing that feels really great to me. So like, it's not broken. I'm not going to fix it. So I might look through my closet and say, all right, I think I need a few more leggings, some cropped ones and maybe some long ones, maybe some that have some interesting details. I also need some layering cardigan kind of things. So I'm going to knit a sweater and I'm going to sew this ballet top. And I would love maybe two new dresses that have this flair to them. So I might come up with a plan for what I'm going to make clothing wise like that. I like to learn new things. And so either that's learning a new technique in the modality that I'm working in. So in sewing clothing, maybe it's like putting in some smocking or some pin tucks or taking the time with what I'm making to make it even more amazing, right? Because I definitely have lots of basics that I've made along the way. So like taking that pattern and taking the time to make really interesting details into it could be exactly what I need to give me that like fresh zest for what I'm doing. Or it could be something completely different. So this year, my plan is, I'm very excited about this, I'm going to take four-inch embroidery, I'm going to take a deep, dark, navy blue fabric, and I'm going to embroider one plant a month onto these little hoops. So at the end, I'll have 12 plants that have been embroidered. I'm going to sketch them out myself first, and then I'm going to use embroidery to paint in that sketch. And these plants are going to be medicinal plants that I've learned about. So I'm going to start out with plantain, and I think then February is going to be yarrow. So they're going to be plants that I know, that I've studied, and that I understand. And so, oh, it's like this whole thing, right? Oh my goodness. My eyes are rolling back in my head right now telling you this. So this plant is going to be something that I've been learning about or I already have knowledge on. And I'm going to do research on the plant. I'm going to learn more about the plant. And I'm going to learn more about her medicinal properties. And I'm going to sketch out the plant in that journal. And then I'm going to take that sketch and I'm going to transpose it onto my embroidered fabric. And I'm going to embroider it that month. And then after the year is done, I will have studied deeply 
with 12 medicinal plants, which is one of the things I'm passionate about, but is pretty new for me. And then I'll have these 12 sweet little embroidered plants that I'm going to put on the wall of my studio. Huh? I'm so excited. So I like to have a project like that. And I don't always, but this year I'm going to. This year I want to do that because like embroidery isn't something that's brand new to me, but it's something that's fairly new. And so it gives me that excitement. Okay. So I've just told you in a nutshell, really, what this workbook is all about and how I plan my new year. And you might have listened to this and thought, wow, that's a lot. It's not as much as it seems. And the workbook's going to help you go through it in a systematic way if you'd like to join me in that path. If you want to just do parts of it, just do parts of it and just pull out what matters to you. If you don't want to do any of it and you just wanted to hear me talk about this, that's great too. If you want to just do the word of the year, that's a great way to go as well. And it's how I've done it for years when I did not have the bandwidth to do more than that. But I like doing more when I get a chance because I do like to reflect. I do love to journal and I like to visualize what my future could look like. I learned to not get so specific about what it is I want exactly. And I know manifesting, if you're listening to any manifestors, teachers out there, this might be different than what they have to say. But this is what I find valuable. I really focus on how I want to feel because I know that there are 500 different pathways to getting to where I want to be and how I want to feel. And so if I allow for that to happen, then that means that I allow the universe or God or my spirit, whatever, to take all different paths to get me there, like paths that it might just know better than I do, right? Because I can only imagine what I know in my brain. And so if I allow it to be bigger, then who knows how I'm going to get there? Download that workbook, jump on the website, kinshiphandwork.com, click on the podcast, and you'll see that workbook right up there. It's going to ask you for your email so the workbook can be sent to you because I appreciate your support and I like having you here. Find an hour or so to have some space to make it sacred. I like to set the tone with a candle. I like to bring in my special rocks. I don't know if you guys are rock hounds as well, but I have special rocks that I found on the beach or crystals that I purchased from stores, Um, different things that make me feel really beautiful. And sometimes I'll bring in like a necklace that my little boy has made me or things that feel special to me. And I put that out there with a candle and I might meditate for a few minutes before I begin. I always make some kind of a warm beverage that I absolutely adore like a really great coffee with frothed oat milk and a little bit of maple syrup. That's one of my favorites. Or Earl Grey tea. Oh, I love Earl Grey tea. Also with a little bit of frothed oat milk and some maple syrup. You do whatever is right for you though. So I bring in a warm cup of tea. I find a very comfortable place for me to sit, preferably in the sun if it's possible. And I make it a ceremony. I make it a time to myself to be able to really get into things. And I know that sometimes that's hard when you have little kids or barking dogs or whatever. So if it needs to be early in the morning, do it then. Give yourself that space. Honor yourself in that way. So I make it sacred. Maybe you go out. Maybe you go out to a coffee shop or you go out to a picnic table or whatever by the ocean or by the lake, you know, whatever might really suit you. But give yourself some space. And I also like to come at it wearing clothing that feels good to me. This is not going to surprise you. But I honor myself by wearing a favorite necklace and earrings that I love. And I get dressed in clothing that I might wear to go out and meet a girlfriend for lunch, right? Something that feels good on my body. I set myself up for success in that way. So I want to talk about that visualization exercise real quick before we sign off today. So to start off, after you've reflected on the year before, I like to do this visualization. And the visualization goes like this. I want you to get comfortable. I want you to have your feet Have your feet on the ground. I want you to imagine roots coming out of your feet, growing deep into the soil, 
working its way, all these roots working their way through the soil, breaking up the rock and wrapping around rocks deep in the ground and just sinking in. And then I want you to imagine this light, this big, beautiful, bright, golden light coming from the sky and shining on your body and pulling it into your skull, in through your head, down your throat, and feel it flowing like a waterfall throughout your body, down your shoulders and down your arms and down to your fingers and around your heart. And your heart like pulses with this bright light so much that it, it starts to glow and shine out with its own light. And then this light, this glow continues as this waterfall flow through your body and down through your pelvis and down through your legs and through your knees and down into your feet and down into those roots that you just sent deep into the ground. And I want you to take a deep breath into the back of your ribs and release it. I want you to take three of them. And now I like to take my hands and I like to open them up towards the sky in a kind of receiving way. I want you to picture yourself on December 21st of this new year. And I want you to picture what you're doing and who you're with. So I want you to imagine the whole scene. I want you to imagine and picture what that looks like in your most beautiful imagination. I don't want this to come from a constricting place. I want this to be from an expansive place. What is the most beautiful image you can imagine for December 21st of this new year? What is the most beautiful thing you can bring to mind that could be happening on that day? And I want you to picture that in your mind. Where are you at? What's going on? Who's with you? Is it your loved ones? Is it your partner? Are you by yourself? What are you wearing? Are you outside? Are you inside? What kind of light is there? Is it day? Is it nighttime? Is everyone laughing? Is everyone serious? What's in your hands right now? Are you bringing food out to a table? Are you having a bonfire in the yard while the snow is falling around you? What do your surroundings look like? Is it the house you live in now? Is it a different house? Are the people that are around you people you've never met? Are they people that you know and love already? This is a good place to pause the podcast if you can. And just let your mind wander on this idea. Let your mind wander on the details. Think of the details of it. What does it look like? Did you just get out of work doing a job that you love? Did you just finish writing that book you've been wanting to write? Is it on its way to the publisher? Did you just finish painting that picture? Are you in the middle of painting the picture? Do you have a brand new workshop? What does it look like? Again, pause this podcast. Give yourself that time. And when you're done thinking of that, when that picture feels complete, I want you to take a moment in your journal and I want you to write out the details of what you saw. I want you to write out what happened for you in that visualization, all the details you can remember. And probably as you're writing it, more will come to you. And I want you to then, once you've written this and it feels complete and it feels expansive, if this does not feel expansive, do it again at a different time. Try it again a different day, a different hour. Because this is about feeling expansive and like what's possible. This is not about feeling less than. And then after you've got this visual, and maybe you've just written three or four sentences and that's enough and that's okay too. Maybe you've written a book and that's fine as well. 
But after you've got it done and it's complete, I then want you to sit down and I want you to imagine your future self, the you that was on that day on December 21st of this new year. And I want you to start writing a letter to your current self from your future self. And I want you to start it like this. I want you to say, dear Tina, insert your own name there, obviously. Here's what I want you to know about this coming year. And I want you to just let it flow, whatever comes to you. So if you just allow that, you will be amazed. I have always been amazed at what comes out of my pencil. I'm like, where did that even come from? Right? And I want you to write from that future self and say, here's what you need to know about this coming year. And here's what you're going to need to do in order to get to this visual. And I want you to just allow that to happen. Allow that to come out on your paper. I know it sounds crazy. Don't skip that part because it will unearth wisdom from inside of you that you may not have known was there. So do that part of it. Download that workbook and let's celebrate the possibilities in our possibility vortex that are swirling around us of a new year, of a new beginning. And let's honor what we've been through in the year before. All right. Thanks for joining me today and share with me how this goes for you. I would love to know. Well, that's our show for today. And I want to thank you for spending your time with me. I don't take that lightly. I know there are a lot of places you can spend your time and energy, like, you know, making something. Maybe you made something while you listened to this podcast. Fantastic. I hope that's the case. But either way, I'm so glad that you're here. And would you do me a favor? Would you jump on your favorite podcast listening platform and subscribe? And then when you've done that, leave me a review as well. Reviews are the best way for me to reach new people. And I want to reach more people. I want to have deep conversations with all of you makers out there. So if you can help me, I would appreciate it. All right. Have yourself a lovely day and share what you're making. This episode was sponsored by the Tip of the Mint Fiber Fair. The Tip of the Mint Fiber Fair is held the first weekend in June, and it celebrates all of our local farmers and artisans. Check them out at tipofthemintfiberfair.com.